This is Mark Ferguson, and I'm here in the beautiful country, uh, the city of Nassau, in the beautiful country of the Bahamas. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. Here in the Bahamas, we have uh, 700 islands and keys, and they are spreaded out uh, uh, over a a, a very large uh, space, mass, uh, separated by, obviously, water. And so for most of them, uh, you have to either take a plane or a boat, a ferry to get to them. But of the 700 islands and keys, we uh, all of them are not populated. We have at least about uh, less than 30 that are populated. I was uh, born on one of the smaller islands, and that island is called San Salvador. Now, you are in Italy, I think, and uh, San Salvador in the Bahamas is the island that is known to have at first been discovered by one Christopher Columbus. And uh, he came to that particular island in the Bahamas and as the history would have it, uh, that he founded that island. That's the island that I was uh, born on. I grew up there and when I was about, I think it was just about 20, I went to my primary school there and my high school, and when I was about 20, I moved away because that island is is not one of the most populated islands in the Bahamas. And uh, so if you're looking for more economics, you would move perhaps to, uh, obviously, Nassau, which is our, our nation's capital and uh, a city, or you would move to one of the faster developing islands. And so I was born and grew in San Salvador, and then I moved to Nassau to further my education and to, in a sense, make better myself and to advance in many areas of life. And here I am, still in Nassau, and uh, still trying to advance. That's good. That's good. Life is a journey. It's never ending, no? <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, all right, now for the purpose of those uh, who are listening to, to you who have not been to the Bahamas, who do not know St. Salvador's, uh, you did make mention of the fact that um, uh, Christopher Colombo was the one that discovered the island. So I don't know if you want to say something more about that, since that is the place you were born. So the mean that Christopher Colombo came there, he brought people to the island, he found the island empty, therefore he is the founder of the island. So help me understand that. Yeah. Uh... In 1492, uh, Christopher Columbus set sail from the regions of Spain and 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 made way his his voyage to uh, seek what they thought uh, they thought that the world at that time was just flat and it dropped off at the edge, and so he set sail with three ships and a crew. Three ships they were called the Nina, the Pinta, and the yeah, Santa Maria. And they journeyed and journeyed and eventually found themselves in uh, San Salvador. Uh, there were 
at that time, persons living in San Salvador, but they they were called Awaks and Indians and all of that. But because it was considered a new word, it, it is what we consider in the history that founded new word. Him, that is what it was. Now, San Salvador, as it is today, is in terms of population, it has at least uh, now perhaps a, it's a very small knitted uh, island, obviously with uh, 12 persons. Uh, it comes to everyone being family or at least everyone knowing each other. So some of the things, many of the things that you would see in the bigger cities or the bigger islands, the metropolitan no crime. Of course, crime will be everywhere once people are there, but the crime there is little. So we don't have things uh, uh, like murders and rapes and uh, car theft and things like that uh, in San Salvador. It's it's a it's a island where you'd want to go to relax and to to many persons who live on the other side of the world. Some from Italy, France. Uh, in fact. Uh, there is in San Salvador right now a hotel chain that is called Club Med. And Club Med has its uh, wings, I think, in Africa, in France. And uh, there, there's one there. And ev I think every week or so, there is this big jet that comes from France that bring, it would bring people from, I think, France, Italy, places from that side. And they come there to, to enjoy the the island life, away from all of the hustles and the, bus, the, bu the hustle and the bustle of what the city life would bring, they come to San Salvador, as well as other islands in the Bahamas, but in this case, San Salvador, to, to kind of let it all down, to let it all just hang and just relax and have a good time. Now, you would find that there in San Salvador, uh, the people, and this is for people generally throughout the Bahamas. We are known here as a very friendly, uh, warm people, loving people. Uh, we have not yet reached that uh, threshold where we don't care about each other. And so, for example, if I'm in San Salvador, and I'm, I'm presently in Nassau, but it takes me by flight about 45 minutes, uh, if I take the national airline, which is Bahamas Air, to get to San Salvador. And uh, you would find that the people, uh, particularly on the, what we call the family islands, those that are, those islands that are away from the city, like Nassau, from Freeport, you'd find that these people are particularly uh, kind. They are particularly loving, they caring, they are caring. While that is generally the case with the Bahamas as a whole, on these islands in particular, you find it because again, these islands are very small in land mass, but they are also small in population. So people have a need for the most part to knit one to the other because uh, you're my brother, you're my sister. We find a need to uh, almost on a daily basis, interact with one another, either at the grocery store, at a public facility, 
at a church setting. And so that bond that, you know, creates a, a, a type of love that is second to no other is, is, is there and it's constant and it's enduring. And so that's why for me, even though I'm living here in Nassau, I oftentimes go back to San Salvador. I'm expected back there in another week or so. Because when you would have lived in places like Nassau, and obviously you are in Italy, so it's even more uh, metropolitan, uh, when you see the fast-paced, when you see uh, some things happening that, uh, that are not too kind, uh, some of the things that perhaps you did not see when you were a child, you are beginning to see more and more of them. So for me, as I move out of Nassau to San Salvador in particular, it gives me a sense of relaxation. And uh, I don't have any hair on my head, but it gives me a time where I can let my hair down, so to speak, and where I can breathe a little better because you don't have that having to look over your shoulder to see if somebody is about to take something from you or somebody is about to attack you in one way or the other, or if somebody is about to just interfere with your peace of mind. And so while there are many in, right here in Nassau, the beaches are beautiful. But I found that the islands, the, the ones that we call the family islands, and since I was included in this uh, family island, the beaches there are so beautiful that when I go home, I find time to go on the beach and to relax. And, and, and literally, you can go on the beach and stay all day and all night without being interrupted, without being uh, interfered with, and without even the fear of whether somebody will come and bring harm to you. And so that is what the islands of the Bahamas, particularly the ones that we call the family islands, give to you. It gives that a moment of relaxation that that is really a moment of relaxation where you can literally shut down and not be fearful of anything where you can uh, just feel that I'm secured and fully secured. And so back to San Salvador, I, uh, again, being the place where I was born and where I grew up, I find it uh, necessary for me to go there as often as possible, if only to uh, see family and friends and to acquaint myself with perhaps persons who have come to the island who are not really from the island, but they are there for different reasons. And uh, while I'm at this, I send a plea to everybody, go ahead and Google the Bahamas and then Google some of the uh, smaller islands and make sure you Google San Salvador, uh, Bahamas and see what it's all about. And I tell you, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful, a wonderful experience when you have the privilege to move from an, a, a city like Nassau and then just 45 minutes later, you can be in San Salvador, for example, and then your entire way of are dealing with things, uh, your mental state changes in the sense that in, in, the, in, the, in the city, you have to be more alert. 
and aware of your surrounding and what's happening. And the, the traffic is crazy and, and, and everything is just fast paced. But you go to San Salvador and, and that's not the case. You don't have to worry about the fast pace and all of the traffic. And so it's, it's just a, a place where you can go and really, really, really find a relaxing moment. Uh, and, 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 and I invite you, to my brother, to, to, <laughs> to one day make efforts to not just come to the Bahamas, but to go to uh, San Salvador. Thank you so much for that, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, I will do. I will do. I, I've got some interview there in the Bahamas, I think like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because uh, the Obehi podcast is centered around African diaspora. So I usually say here that irrespective, uh, irrespective of where you might find yourself as African in the diaspora, we, our intention is to connect. We can connect because thanks to the power of internet, every part of the world has become a village in that we can now reach out to one another. Let's talk. We can talk. No? It's not a village square. The global square has become a village square so we can reach each other. What I'll say too is that, and, and you've mentioned it, the, as a result of the internet, we've, we've moved away from a village square and we've become a global square because I mean, it's interesting this morning. I'm here in the Bahamas and Nassau, it's, uh, about five minutes after 8 a.m. here. And uh, you are in Italy, and I think it's somewhere around 2 p.m. And so it's amazing what we can do uh, with the internet. And uh, I think we have to, like you said, the, it, the African diaspora, as it is, we are spread throughout the world. And so, I'm, you know, particularly pleased that you have, in your way, you are seeking to pull wherever they are, every corner of the world, you are seeking to connect and, and, and to make us feel that we are, we are still relevant, we are still a part of what is happening in the world and what needs to happen in the world today. And so I want to take this moment to say to you, thank you very much. Now, looking at the African diaspora, uh, do you want to uh, share with me, how do you connect with this uh, global network of African city diaspora? Because at one time, if we are not careful, if we are only looking at the reality from the, from the lens of our competitors who are telling us about who we are, okay, in this sense, I'm looking at the West, who are telling us, who we are, where we are, we might look at ourselves as insignificant, as people who are not really uh, much in a number, so we cannot really play the game, so we just need to play the subordinate role. But if we understand that we are hundreds of millions of people in the diaspora, then it begins to make more sense now that we actually are significant. We can play a significant role in the global affair. But of course, for us to do that, we need to connect, we need to know each other, we need to know where is our strength and where is our weaknesses? What can we do for ourselves? How can you be my eyes? How can I also be your eyes? So that in a diaspora, we can build a web of connection where we are leveraging and feeding on each other, our experiences and our strength. So again, how do you connect there in the, in the Bahamas to other African diaspora? I don't know, it can be 
I don't know if that is a, a form of trade or organization. I'm really looking at how do you connect? How do you reach out to other people? But let me say this, and uh, I think one of the challenges of uh, people in general, but particularly the particularly persons of color, is that for far too long we've seen ourselves as uh, less, if I can say it like that. We've we, we, we've not seen ourselves as being uh, able to reach the very top. But as of recent times, uh, that has begun to change because we've seen strides in very many areas uh, of life. So for example, uh, if you look at the US of a, just recently, uh, within the last uh, 10 years, yeah, they've had a black president which uh, has never prior to that time happened. And then when you look at uh, other places around the world where places that are predominantly uh, where persons of other color than black would, would be the, the head or the face, you now begin to, you're now beginning to see where persons of color are now rising to those positions. When you look in the world of sports, and I look at basketball in the US, football, I look right there in Italy at uh, soccer, football, and I begin to see more persons of color are now filling these spaces, and not just as players, for example. They're moving to the ranks of assistant coaches, coaches, managers, owners. It's because there are some persons who would have blazed a trail before us. And many of them have lost their lives in their attempts to blaze this trail. But it was, it was worth it for them to do so in order for us to recognize that we have value, that we are not slaves uh, in no sense of the word. But whatever we want to do, we can position ourselves and we can do just that. Uh, persons of color are moving to, are uh, going to space. And if you check the history, uh, there was a time when that never happened. In every position there is, you would find that there are persons of color and that uh, number is increasing and increasing and increasing. Let me just share with you a, a name that perhaps you may know or may not know. There is a name that is very real here in the Bahamas, and that name is uh, Miles Monroe. Though he is dead now, his, his, his work still lives because he blazed a trail. What Miles Monroe did is that he connected the Bahamas to the outer world by virtue of his own talents, his own ability, his uh, inspiration that he thought it was his duty uh, to, to, to inspire and to uplift and to motivate as many persons as he could. 
And even though sometimes it came to a point where folks looked at him and referred to him as somebody else, uh, he never allowed that to, to detour him or to derail him or even to discourage him to the point that he won't do it anymore. And I remember one time he, he talked about being in Africa and having to speak to, uh, the, to, to members of, of governments, prime ministers, presidents, kings there in Africa. And, and he made a reference to how sometimes people will not uh, honor you, respect you, see your value when you are in their presence. But sometimes you have to move away from what is your uh, ordinary surroundings. Sometimes you have to move away from what is uh, your comfortable settings. Sometimes you have to move away from where you feel most uh, secured and venture into areas that are unknown. Uh, launch out into the deep. Take a chance at times. Believe that you can. And, and in that belief, you will. And so I think, as, as I go back to what you initially asked about the connection, well, from a technical standpoint, here in the Bahamas, we've been able to connect to persons all across the, the world, obviously, by virtue of the internet, uh, similar to what we are doing now. But there are any number of uh, seminars, uh, any number of sessions, be they religious, be they uh, financial, be they economical, be they social. And, and, and so persons from the Bahamas all across get the opportunity to go out there into the outer world and to meet and to greet and to see how it is done on that side. And then we uh, have on every level invited people to the Bahamas so that they can see firstly what we are all about here and then to share their experiences and their knowledge of what they experience on that side, what can be experienced here, and we merge those uh, when necessary, um, simply to bring the best outcome of each one in particular, and certainly each uh, nation as a whole. And uh, the Bahamas has been that much better because of the uh, advancement of technology and uh, us allowing, opening our doors, so to speak, to allow others to come and uh, to share with us, as well as us going out there and finding out what the world is saying. And uh, even this, this morning, is a wonderful uh, experience of how we can just share and be of enlightenment to others wherever they are. There are some people who will never get to the Bahamas for different reasons. And there are some people in the Bahamas who perhaps will never get to Italy and France and Germany and Spain and all of those places. But the internet provides a means by which you can know of these places uh, to an extent that 
there is no limit to it. As long as you want to learn, you can just learn about places. You can have knowledge that is limitless. You can say that again. Yes, sir. You really can say that again. <laughs> you see, um, I, I interview uh, a sister in Jamaica whom I ask to uh, tell me some other person who can add value to interview. So she gave me a contact of other sisters uh, in UK whom I have interviewed, whom I also asked the, the same question, who then gave me your contact that I'm not interviewing. Of course, at the end of the interview just now, at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask you the same question that I'm going to, through you, connect also to other people. So this is essentially what I'm doing here in Obehi podcast, in that I am intentionally here to connect because I believe that we have power, but this power can only be useful or can, we can only be able to uh, understand the extent of the potency of this power if we connect. Think of, for example, names like Marcus Garvey, how these guys, were able to organize the people and make a dent in the world, in the universe, as it will be as it will be called. So, which means that if we organize ourselves, there is nothing that can stop us. Of course, I'm speaking uh, from the point of view of African diaspora. But if we don't organize ourselves, we will become irrelevant in the world. Looking at the African diaspora and looking at you, looking at where you are in the Bahamas. Which is your area of interest, maybe from the point of view of business? What do you do within the area of business? Help us understand that. Let's spend some time there. Yeah. And um, as you begin to talk about money, let me say that as you look now, and I'm talking about right now, if you turn your TV on uh, to some of the news channels, particularly the ones in the U.S., uh, you would see that there is an effort, an effort being mounted by uh, some of the larger countries to simply put to devalue the U.S. dollar. And so it is important, no matter who you are, to understand finances to the extent that you can and to understand uh, the value of money uh, as you go through. And for far too long, uh, we have not fully understood the value of money. If you park your money right, money is like a car being parked. If you park your car in the wrong spot, there is a chance that you can be towed away. There is a chance perhaps that the police would book you, give you a ticket. Uh, there are some spaces that are designated as no parking areas. There are some spaces that are designated specifically for persons who may not be as uh, capable as you are. Disabled parking. And, and if you go in a disabled parking without direct uh, documents to prove that you ought to be there, then you can find yourself at a disadvantage. Similarly, that's how money is. If you park money wrong, it will work to your disadvantage. If you park money in the wrong spot, it will work to your disadvantage. 
Money is designed to be parked correctly. And if you park in the right spot with your money, it'll work for you. And it will profit you uh, as you go through life. Back here in the Bahamas, I am a certified uh, licensed uh, plumber. I have a, a, I am the owner and the proprietor of a company that is called Just In Time Plumbing and Tiling Contractors. And what we do is we do uh, plumbing on every level. Now, plumbing in the Bahamas is major. And when I say major, every house in the Bahamas by code has to have some kind of plumbing uh, attached to it. And so by that, I mean either you have a kitchen in the house or you have a bathroom or more than one bathrooms. Something in the house requires running water and a system where water and waste can be discharged. And so what we do is we install plumbing from the beginning to the end. So we'll come in when the house is in its initial stages and we will install all of the uh, piping to accommodate what will eventually be the fixtures, the toilet, the bathtub, the kitchen sink, uh, the face basin, the water heater and all of that. And so that's our task. Here in the Bahamas building is major. Everyone wants to have a house. Everyone is trying, when I say everyone, the masses of the people. And so it's a, it's a lucrative business. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a business that really can generate a, a good salary for you at the end of the day. My company has been around for the last, uh, I think, 20, 20 years or so, and we've been doing quite well. Obviously, uh, like everything else, there is a challenge. And uh, one of the things that uh, many folks struggle with is we, we sometimes believe that things are to happen and to happen like right now. We've moved away from that uh, zone of being patient and allowing the process to work itself out, but at the same time being very uh, intent and desirous and uh, placing all of our efforts in it. We, we feel that things should happen for us and happen like a microwave uh, style. But if you ever want to achieve anything in life, no matter what level that is on, if you ever want to achieve something, it's going to require you being deliberate, uh, being intent. It's going to require you being patient and in many respects, aggressive. It's going to require you putting your best foot forward at times when you uh, become discouraged and don't see that from the physical, like you're looking at it and it doesn't appear to you as if though it's working. If you know that that's what is in your heart and what you've been called uh, to do, uh, you, you just have to keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing, because along the way, there will be many, many challenges uh, and many moments of 
discouragement to the point where uh, you may question even yourself as to uh, why, and, and, and you may want to just give up. But uh, I can tell you from my own personal experiences that many days I thought about, in the initial stages, I thought about uh, giving up and just going to work a nine to five or eight to four and not have to worry about anything. Uh, but that's the uh, plan of, it's, it's, not, it's, 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 it's a force that works against us, particularly us of uh, African descent. It, it, it speaks, it, 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 it infiltrates our minds and, get, and it gets us to believe that we are to be slaves, really. Uh, because that's what it comes down to, that uh, we, we, it's okay to just go there and work for somebody and allow them to determine our worth, allow them to tell us what we are capable of doing and capable of making. And, and, and a, a mindset that, that, that we are to always be the, uh, well, the one who is always asking for, as opposed to the one who has to lend. And I think we have to understand that we are greater than that. We have within us the ability to become the lender, the person who, who sits to the top and uh, is the one that would give the order, the order as opposed to uh, taking orders. We, we are smart people. We are people who know how to make things happen. And we have within us a natural ability to do so. Uh, we, we, we carry within us the strength to, to survive. And all we have to do is exercise to, to, to fertilize and to execute uh, what it is that we have within us. And so I'm thankful really for uh, where I am in business. Uh, like I said, there have been so many challenges. Uh, even when I started out in business, my story is very interesting, but I've had so many opportunities to just turn away and go back. And even as I, you know, traveled along the way in business, I've had uh, people who started with me and who did a disservice to me and who were friends, really. And it was so discouraging that you said, well, you know, maybe I should just leave this alone. And uh, you just wanted to to give up. On the surface of it, you wanted to give up. But the depth of it says to you, or said to you that you can do this in spite of the challenges that you face, in spite of the very many persons who started with you and are not with you today, you can do this. And sometimes some of the journeys that you may have to take are journeys that you may have to take alone. Oftentimes we look for people to push us or to pull us uh, or to help us up uh, or to pull up. You sometimes have to just build within yourself the strength to get up on your own. Uh, sometimes you just have to build enough mental strength uh, and speak to yourself sometimes and tell yourself, I'm able to do this. 
Uh, my steps may be slower, uh, but I can do this. I can build enough strength to rise above the challenges that I face and, and to rise above the difficulties that I face. And, and once you can speak to yourself, and let me digress here a bit and say that oftentimes in life, you have to speak to yourself. And it's not that you're going crazy. Uh, nothing is that you have to encourage yourself. You have to tell yourself, I can do this. When nobody else believes in you, you have to believe in yourself. Because the greatest power that you would have is belief in yourself that I can do this in the face of all uh, of the difficult moments and the trying times and the times when it doesn't look like it can and will work. Speak to your own self and encourage yourself that I can do this. And I've had to do that so many moments when everything around me looked, it looked dark and really it was dark and people walked away. I've had to encourage myself, said to myself, I can do this. And uh, though there were so many steps ahead of me to take, I've taken so many steps that I never thought I would be able to take. And many of those steps that I took, I took alone. And when I say alone, I mean without anybody physically holding my hand, without anybody financially holding my hand. I've had to look at things that were ahead of me and made up in my mind, I am trying my best to get there. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Thank you so much for that, dear Mike. That is very powerful. See, I was just digesting everything you were saying because they are really powerful. Uh, you see, before you may mention of uh, reference to, of course, your brother, Mad Marone. <laughs> that is uh, one of his um, quotes that I love a lot because I, I actually consume a lot of his video on YouTube. Uh, may his soul rest in peace. Uh, at one time, he was saying that now, you don't need really uh, the crowd for you to be able to succeed. You need to look at the ego, for example. He said, the ego do not flock. The ego need to fly alone. And that is really true. Because if you are looking at the public or the masses, the masses is not intelligent. The masses are just following other followers. There are some individuals, they just follow other people who are following other people who are also following other people. And the tragedy is that they don't even know why they are following other people because they are not in charge of the, of the direction. Yes, sir. Whereas it is life was supposed to be that you decide what you want and, of course, be ready to pay the price for it. Because everything has a price. So I would yeah. say in one of my books that it is important that you really know why you are here. The reason is this one. If you don't know why you are here, you are, you are going to be miserable. Being miserable doesn't mean how much money you have in your account. That is not what it means. You are going to, if you don't have an internal fulfillment, something that makes you to wake up on your own, not because they are going to pay you salary, but because you decide this. You don't have a name. But you can, you can, have, you can decide that this is what you want. Be ready to be praised for it when it is good. 
and be ready to take the blame for it when it is bad. You are just a number. Yes. You don't want to be a number. You want to be a name. You need to be something. All right. For the sake of clarity, for those that are listening to us, when you say you have a lot of challenges, is there any of them that you want to single out for reference to sort of use that one as a point of encouragement to other people? I can sit here for hours <laughs> and tell you of the challenges that I face. So let's just talk about a few of them. Uh, when I was about, I think, uh, I was living in San Salvador. And uh, when I was anywhere between 14 and, uh, let's say, 1920, it was difficult living in San Salvador back then. Because that, that's, uh, that's about 40, we're talking of 30, 30 years ago when I was around that age. Uh, and so, firstly, we didn't even have... Back then, we didn't have internet and all of this stuff. And I grew up in a very, in a very kind of poor family. We we were to the bottom of the scale as it relates to as it related to families there. And so I know about having to alternate with my brothers to go to school. We have school uh, here five days of the week, Monday through Friday. And so we were, we had to take uh, turns to go to school because we had a sick grandmother who, as kids, some of us had to stay home and to assist with uh, aiding her. And then when we would go to school, we didn't have lunch. We didn't have the uh, clothes to go to school. I, I've, I know about going to school without shoes. And uh, going to school in the same clothes for the week. Not being able to change a new pants or a new shirt. And to have the, some of the, your classmates, your schoolmates just laugh at you. And uh, to, in a sense, take advantage of you. And then I know about having to wake up early in the mornings to walk almost a mile to go and collect water and uh, come home and still get ready and then walk uh, two miles perhaps to get to school. And sometimes, I don't know about there in Italy but and elsewhere as this would be heard, but there is this uh, mosquitoes here in the Bahamas. Some of the islands have it. They have it more than others. And back then, we didn't have all of the, uh, the, the things that would rid us of these kind of insects. Uh, Nowadays they have they spray and and they kill the bugs and all, but back then we had to endure all that the mosquitoes would give us. So early in the morning the mosquitoes were really biting, but we had to wake up and go and deal with house issues, house chores before we leave walk to school. And when I was uh, about, I think it was 14, 15, 16 coming around there. 
I developed a heart condition and being tall, you know, you, you really can't get the medical attention that you would uh, if you don't have any monies. And I move, oftentimes I would just be in classroom, in the classroom seat, seated, and I would just literally just collapse, uh, just fall out. And uh, eventually we found out that it had to do with oxygen getting to the heart and blood and all of that. But I didn't have the funds to, to seek the medical care that I should. And it weighed heavily on my mind when I looked at my physical position and how tall we were. And I, uh, I thought about suicide at 16. I was living poor and I saw how others of my friends were living. And one night I lay down and it was just myself and my grandmother. And I thought about ending my life. And I went to the kitchen and I pulled a knife and I went back up in my room. And I was about to slice my throat to bring the knife down to my throat. And this was around 12 a.m. My grandmother, an old lady, she was oftentimes in bed from about 8, 8, 8 p.m. And so 12 a.m. she's definitely sleeping. And so as I was about to bring the knife down to my throat, uh, the way our house was set up, if you walked in the kitchen, uh, we didn't have the doors like that to separate the kitchen from the room and all that. You, sh you, you turn on a light in the kitchen and somebody in the room could see that the kitchen light was on because they only had like a little curtain that would bring. And as I was about to bring the knife down to my throat, my grandmother walked in the kitchen and turned on a light. And I heard her when she said, Mark, are you okay? She had no idea of what it was I was about to do. And that very moment produced a thought process for me that just maybe I'm here for a reason, that just maybe it is perfect that I'm here. And I moved from that and I was still having my issues with my heart and all of that. And I used to occasionally come to Nassau. It was very expensive to see the doctor and all of that. And the doctor gave me so much medication and uh, man, it was unbelievable. And this was around the time when here in the Bahamas, trench coats had come out. And so one of my friends in Nassau, I couldn't afford a trench coat. And one of my friends in Nassau gave me a trench coat. And when I went back to San Salvador, because we lived so close to the water, to the beach, I am one who believes strongly in, in prayer. And I believe in uh, God as my savior and as my Lord. And uh, my belief back then was just de developing. And I walked to the beach after 
praying a few times. I walked to the beach with all of the medications that I had. And I sat down on, on, a, uh, on a plane there at the beach. And uh, I looked out to the ocean. And the area that I was in, I was very aware that this area was a shark-infested area. Uh, that's because a lot of persons from that area, my area, would go there to fish. And of course, uh, in their attempts to catch fish, they would do what we call in the Bahamas, bait the area, throw old meat and old stuff to kind of scent the area up so that fish would come out to eat. And that's how they'd catch them. And so not only the fish that they wanted came, sharks would come through too. And so I knew that it was a shark-infested area. And I sat on that rock. And I had all of the medications that the doctor had given to me for pain and for heart business. And I made a prayer to God while I was in that trench coat that I was never again going to take those medications. Mm -hmm. And my prayer to him was that not only would I not just take the medication, my faith in him was going to stand that if he did not heal me, I'll die because I'm definitely not taking these medications again. And let's consider this now. I'm seated. I'm, I'm out on an area where I know sharks are. Mm -hmm. Sharks were frequent mm -hmm. regularly. And I took all of the medication that I had, a good bag full, and I held them in my hand and I threw them in the water. And I made a commitment that I'm not taking this medication anymore. <clears throat> now, I've just come from Nassau. The medication cannot be uh, sourced in San Salvador. And the medication is expensive. I'm throwing them in the water that I know is a shark-infested area. So at that point, I realized that once I release those medication, I can't get them back because... And the fear of going in that water will keep you from trying to get them. So I threw them all in the water and I relied on my faith in God. And I said to God, if you don't heal me, I'll die. This has been more than 25, 30 years. I was a teenager and I've not had to go to the doctor once since then for that treatment to visit the doctor for any heart condition. I don't ask everybody to do that and to take that kind of risk that I took. But it was a move of faith. And if you ever allow yourself to build that much faith in the God that I believe in, I think you'll be okay. If we if we could tap into the power that is uh, around us, we could be doing miracle all the time. But sometimes we are not able. Sometimes we are distracted. Yes. Sometimes we just allow ourselves to uh, to act or behave according to the dictate of other people. Well, I'm happy for you. I am really happy for you. But it it is disturbing at one point. I really feel the pain that at, a, at one point you wanted to take your life. That is how serious it can be for some people sometimes. Yeah. And I want to 
I want to pause right there to speak specifically to someone who may be going through uh, situations that you don't really understand and you've tried your best. You, 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 you wanted to see it happen and, and, and you wanted to make it work. And you've really tried. You've really tried. And it seems as though the harder you try to make it work, the more challenges you face. And sometimes it is one thing to face challenges from the outside. But sometimes you face challenges from right within your own circle. Sometimes the very people that we think would be there for us are the people who seem to be against us. Sometimes the people that we turn to looking for help and for support, the ones who won't help us and who won't support us. Because people have become selfish. They've become all about building their own empire. And no longer taking the time to look out for you and to see how they can assist you and help you on this journey as you go along. And so I want to say to somebody today that you can make it. You have to build within yourself the inner strength to be able to, to, to make uh, You have to build within yourself. Sometimes you may have to just lock out everything and everyone else and uh, fight uh, on your own. There's a challenge that, that we face sometimes, and that challenge comes from our mind that we allow ourselves to, um, to, to, to be discouraged by, by what we see and what we hear and what we think. But sometimes we just have to block out everything and determine within ourselves that I can do this. I can make this. Uh, I think it was Barack Obama who said, yes, we can. Yes, you can. Even though it may seem difficult, yes, you can. And so I say to you today that if you are depending and relying on a friend, a family member, a husband, a wife, a colleague, a partner, and they don't seem to be assisting you and helping you the way you think you should, listen, try to make it happen on your own. Yes, I understand the power of support, and I think it's valuable to have support. I think it means a whole lot for all of us to have support. But there are times when people just won't support you for whatever reason. They won't help you. Sometimes they can, they just won't. You have to position yourself to not give up, to not let go, to not be discouraged and derailed and distracted and detoured. You have to build within you the fighting mechanism that is needed in order to, to win. And so I want to encourage somebody today. I want to speak to you and tell you, man, get up. Get up. You can make it. Uh, you can do this. 
you can survive. Uh, I want to speak to someone who may be con contemplating suicide, that it's not over. Uh, change your position if you have to. Uh, turn around if you have to and go the other way. Uh, life is filled with challenges and difficult moments, but there is a path that you can take that is the right path. There is a path that you can take that'll lead you to a better life. Just keep searching, keep searching. There is always a better way out. And uh, I can tell you from my own experiences uh, that you may not always get it the way you want to, but if you stick with it, it'll come, it'll come. You just have to be persistent and be desirous of achieving and succeeding. And uh, there is a scripture in the Bible that I believe in that says, though the vision tarries, it shall come to pass. And it simply means that in the face of everything that you may desire, that may be taking longer than you expect it to take, and that may seemingly be to the point where you think it may not happen, if you stick with it long enough, it shall come to pass. And that's what I want to encourage somebody with today, that you may be in a business that you are becoming discouraged with, you may be in a relationship, you may be in a situation that it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Stick with it. If you feel from within that that's what you are to have and that's what you are to be, stick with it. It shall come to pass. Thank you for that sharing. You're you speaking to, to people, and I believe that they are listening to you. And that is very important. We need it. We need it so much. Um, in, one of, in one quote from, um, okay, the name is escaping me. All right. Now, this is what she said, that she would not regret what has happened to her. All the experiences that have happened to her, she doesn't regret any of them. And these are really very bad experiences. Uh, the reason is that they are what make you at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, if you go to take gold from the dust of the earth, Africa is full of gold, no? You go to take gold from the ground, it's like dust. It's like every other dust. You don't even know what is the difference between them until you purify it. Now, look at it. How do you purify a gold? You put it to heat, extreme heat. It is after you have burned out the shaft that you can then find a substance that you call gold. But it wasn't like that in a natural state. So sometimes I believe that what happens to us, sometimes maybe are supposed to happen to us for us to get to where we want to be. Yes. But the process is not easy. Like the gold, you know, if you put a gold to a small heat, it will still remain dust. But when it is out of the comfort zone, when it's between life and death, you overcome it. Now you can see through it, see through even the, the, the reality that we usually have, which is a boundary. This is, the boundary sometimes is just a, a little cycle. We are inside there. That is where we just turn around, turn around. But that is not the whole of it. 
So that we need to go beyond the light, like the chick inside the, the, the egg. If you don't break the egg, the, the, the egg, the chick inside it will die. So it must be broken so that then you can renew yourself, you can become fresh again. All right, I don't want to stay that so long. <laughs> what I want to go is um, is the mentality, the mindset, because that is also very important for us. How do we build that? How do we develop the mindset? How did you develop your mindset, your business mindset, so that from that little boy, that young man that was about to take his life, you are not giving job to people, prospering in your business, and you have become a figure that other people can look up to. How do you do that? Yeah, I think sometimes we've become too dependent. And sometimes we look to others for self, for, for, for pity. And sometimes we uh, have within ourselves self-pity and we cry over everything and we are always down and, and asking why this. And it has to do with mental strength that you say to yourself, I'm getting out of this. Because when nobody else around you sees the value in you, 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 you have to learn to see value in yourself. And so you, you, you sometimes have to pick yourself up. I know we like to uh, depend on people and, and I know the power of support. And I, I, I respect it and I, I wish I could get it more in many areas of my life. But sometimes you just have to build enough mental strength to determine that if I can't get you to help me, I'll get it. I'll do it myself. I, 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 I'm, I just have to do this. I have to build enough strength within myself to do this. And I think the failures that we see for the most part in people is because Mentally, they've given up. They've not developed enough strength to pull yourself up and uh, to speak to yourself and to tell yourself, uh, to encourage yourself, in a sense, uh, to move from where you are. We are challenged uh, here in the Bahamas and I suppose across the world, as you, we are challenged with uh, this thing called mental health. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're crazy. It just means that there are so many people that are going through issues of various sorts that they don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes the, 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 the result of uh, persons who are going through mental health for them is suicide. Uh, and life can push you now. Uh, life can, life can really push you sometimes. Life can push you to the, to the edge. But again, it has to do with you building enough strength within yourself to survive. I, I've had any number of opportunities if you were to, to give up. I came from perhaps what we call today a broken family where my mother and father were not married and 
my father did not take me as his child. And when I was living in San Salvador, that affected me because as a young boy, it was important to me as I looked at my other friends who had their fathers present and doing what they could for them. I didn't have that. And, and it affected me mentally, psychologically, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It, it affected me. And when I moved from San Salvador to Nassau, where I became, where I better, I made myself better and didn't really need a father, so to speak, because now I'm at the point where I'm doing better and I'm taking care of myself that I really didn't need. I still, on Father's Day and other days, would find myself wishing I had a father who I could call and genuinely speak to and just have a conversation with him. Even though I'm, 30, I, I'm at this point, I'm 30, I'm in, in my 40s. I would hear my friends say, well, I'm going to spend my Father's Day with my father. We are having Father's Day dinner. And it affected me. It, 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 it affected me emotionally and psychologically. Uh, I felt the pressure of it, the burden of not having a father who I can genuinely sit down with and uh, conversate with. And many times I tried to speak with the person that I was uh, told was my dad and, and try to just get him to accept me, not to, to take care of me because at this point and at that point I was okay, but just to sit down and say, yeah, you're my son, I'm your father, let's talk, let's hang out for a minute. Uh, because it would mean so much to me for that to happen. But, but I never got that privilege. Uh, my father is still alive and he's living in San Salvador, but I never really got that privilege. I'm 48 years and it still affects me today that I have not gotten that privilege to sit down and to really have a father-son relationship. And so let me digress here and say to, some, to fathers, it is important for you to, to love your children. Uh, to fathers in particular, as I speak, it's important for you to take time out with your children all, but, but, but with your boy, boy, your boys, to, to, to throw your arms around them and to help them to understand the power of love through you, through a man, and how they, no matter how masculine they feel they are, uh, that they can still love a man and still be straight. Uh, genuine love, how they can, from a father to a son, display love, from a son to a father, display love. Uh, how to teach your boys in particular the importance of loving a woman and the importance of just loving people and uh, not to, in spite of what they experience, to, to go down a negative road. And so I think we have to build within ourselves the mental strength uh, to be able to overcome some of the issues that we, that we face. And like I would have said earlier, I'm 48 and I'm still affected by it 
in, to, an, to an extent. While it doesn't uh, bother my walk through life to, you know, greatly, I still wish that I had that privilege to, to, to do that. And I've known of persons who that affected so much, meaning not having that privilege, that it has caused them to go astray. When you look at them coming up in homes where the father is absent and just a mother or a guardian is trying to raise a boy, the struggles of just trying to do that. And with the pressure from society, it, it is challenging. And, and so when some kids come up, particularly the young men, they would tell you that part of the reason that they are who they are is because daddy was not there. He was absent and he didn't do, even when he was there, he didn't do what was required or necessary of him to do to make this all work. And it affects people as they go through when they try to latch on to, attach themselves to, connect to, in this case, particularly if a male figure who they look to as the leader and he is either physically absent or just absent in his way of leadership. And psychologically, it, 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 it puts people in a spin, put kids in a spin, and even marriages in a spin, the wife in a spin, that some people are never able to uh, come back from, never able to uh, retrieve uh, their, their full uh, senses from, they, they lose their minds, some people. Some people go astray and turn to a lifestyle of violence and and just do things that are not unbecoming of people really because they feel that they've been disadvantaged they've been left alone they've been uh not cared for as they ought to have been by somebody who they trusted and depended on and relied on and so most times when these things happen, uh, I think it's important to find help from the outside, uh, but also important to look within yourself and draw strength. It's not easy. It's rather difficult. I can speak to it because I've had to go through it. I've had to do it for myself. But when you can pull from within yourself strength, it, it helps you along the way and you be, you feel so much more comfortable because of the inner strength that you would have pulled. And uh, I speak just from a position of having to go through so many things myself, some of which, some of which you can share with people and many of it you just don't share, but you build strength uh, to get through each day. And sometimes it really comes down to one day at a time. It, it really comes down to just taking it one day at a time because to look at it uh, way in the future uh, from a mental positioning, you don't see how you would make it into the model. So you have to focus all on today and with the hope that tomorrow will be a brighter and a better day. And you have to walk out just 
saying, I'm here today not knowing what tomorrow will bring, but I believe that tomorrow will be better. And that's how you have to live sometimes. Just believing that tomorrow will bring a better day for you. Tomorrow will be a brighter day. And you have to speak faith. You have to speak hope. You have to speak belief. And, and it has to begin with you, not depending on anybody else. It has to begin with you. The strength that you need has to come from within you. Let's let look at um, a younger you. Knowing what you know today, where would you start from to take the right steps to better position yourself to be a better you tomorrow? I think really, given what I believe now, I think I would have done more as a younger me to get to know the God I believe. And when I say I would have done more, I would have studied uh, more. I would have uh, seek to know him more because my belief is that in knowing God, I know all and I know all things. Uh, I think through that wisdom alone, strength would, would have been gathered that would have helped me uh, to get through some of the things that I would have had to experience better. I think one of the things that I would have also done was I would have taken care of myself from a health positioning. I would not have tried some of the things that I tried in my younger days, uh, thinking that you, your strength will always be there and that you would have the usage of your limbs the way that you had them at that time. You, 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 you do things that when you're younger, carelessly sometimes, uh, I play sports and sometimes you didn't see the need to protect yourself as you really should. And then now you are 40 and climbing on 50, it's difficult to get out of bed because you have a pain in your back that came from a stupid thing that you would have done when you were, when you were much younger. Uh, you have issues, uh, health issues, and uh, that could have been avoided. You didn't even drink enough water when you were much younger. And so now you are faced with all kinds of issues that if you had done these things when you were much younger, uh, life now would be a little bit easier. And then I think as I was coming up, I think financially I would have supported myself even better so as to not have to work uh, this hard. And so there are any number of things that that I look at now and that I try to even speak to those who work with me and tell them, because a number of them are much younger, and tell them of the importance and the advantages of doing some things when you are younger so that by the time as you get 35 and uh, the time as you get 40, for example, you don't have to be so hard on yourself trying to accomplish certain things because these things would have been planned for uh, at a much earlier stage. When we are younger, uh, we see the world ahead of us and we think that we uh, can do everything. And uh, I remember one time I was about 15, 16, uh, over here, we have cement bags. 
And uh, I remember, I think the cement bag at that time was about 84 pounds a bag. And I used to just lift cement bags, like, with, just go down and pull them up and carry them. And, uh, but now you feel the effects of it. You have back aches and you have injuries to this spine and injuries here. And that's because you didn't care for yourself as you ought to. I remember there was a time that I took cement bag and just as I'm holding this phone, I would pack it like this, stand it up like this and go down and grab it and lift it up with my teeth and bring it all the way up and hold it and then put it back down. Now you go to the dentist because you have weak, your, your teeth, you have toothache here and teeth are shaky and falling out because when you were much younger, <laughs> you thought that you can do things and get away with it. And so those kind of things, uh, I, uh, and even some, some uh, decisions that I would have made relationship-wise with persons that I took on as friends and acquaintances, you see where they turned out uh, not to be the best. And some of them, you perhaps were warned off before you moved into it, but yet still because of your own desire, you moved into it thinking that they were well. I think the greatest decision that I've made uh, from a relationship standpoint, uh, I think is the fact that I chose, I think the greatest woman in the world that God can give to a man. And I think that has been a very, uh, I would call it gifted moment for me. Uh, in spite of the challenges that I face as we move forward. But I think one of the things, too, for men in particular, is to be very careful of who you would choose uh, as a mate as you go through life. And, of course, it, the same applies to women, but I, I speak from a position as a man that it can either help you or it can harm you based on who you allow in your space. And I am eternally thankful to the God that I believe for allowing me to rightly pick, or choose to have the woman that I have in my life as a wife. Uh, and, and I say to those who are listening all across the world that there would be challenges as you go through. But it's important to have the right people in your corner as you go through life, people who uh, see value in you and not uh, people who would want to discredit you and to devalue you and uh, to look down on you. And that is straight across the board in business, in, uh, in your private life. It's important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and who will try to uh, see only the negative in you, but always try to pull from within you the positive things. Because if you look for some negative, there is negative in every one of us. And, but there is also positive. And you must surround yourself with people who always want to push you forward, who want to propel you, and who would like to see the best come out of you. And I'm thankful that I have those kind of people around me, my wife and my friends and my family. My circle of friends is very small, and that is by intent. 
because you have to be careful who you allow in your space. Uh, because there are some people who would come in for the wrong reasons. And uh, before you know it, if you don't be careful, they will destroy you. Uh, but you have to strategically position yourself and pick the friends, the people that you would like to have in your circle as friends or even acquaintances. And that's in business. Uh, that's in social life. Uh, and that's in private life. And in, in every other sphere, you have to be very strategic about who you allow in your space. Thank you so much for that. That is a, a full packet. I believe that the people have got a value from that. All right, now, uh, we talked of connection before. How can people connect with you? Uh, how can they reach to you, those who may, maybe want to do business with you? Because we're also here for this reason. So use these few seconds to promote what you're doing. My email address is J I T plumbing. And that plumbing is spelled P L U M B I N G at hotmail.com. And uh, you can reach me through an email. That's JIT. J-I-T plumbing at hotmail.com or uh, here in the Bahamas, our area code is 242 and it's 242-525-2500. Uh, and uh, that's one way to reach me. Uh, for anything. I mean, if it's just to say hello and to give or to receive a word of encouragement, if it's from a business standpoint, uh, personal, just uh, reach out to me if you care to. And I, I believe that I'm positioned in my small corner to assist people uh, if it's only through a word of encouragement. I think there are so many people who are going through so much. And sometimes they just need to know that somebody is there who is willing to take a minute to share with them and to, in a sense, bear their burden, if only for a minute. I think we have become a people of self. We are all concerned about how we are. We, we've become a selfish people. And, and, and I'm thankful for here in the Bahamas, we are still. Uh, even though sectors of us are selfish, we are still a caring nation. We are still a nation where people uh, would still wake up in the morning and would go somewhere and see somebody and say, good morning, how are you? And would see somebody later in the day and say good afternoon and, and, and care about people and uh, would lend a helping hand when you see people in need. Generally, as a nation, we are still at that point. Uh, I've traveled the world and I've seen where people pass you, they'll walk on you, they'll walk through you to get to where they need to go, and they don't care about you at all. But I think we are to love and care for people and to show respect for people, no matter who the person is and no matter what their position may be. There may be somebody on the street who is asking of you uh, assistance. I think that every man, 
every woman, every human being deserves a level of respect. And I think we are owing it to people to love and to respect them. And that's what I, I try to do uh, as I walk through life, to show to everyone respect, care, love. Thank you for that, Mark. Now, what would be your final thought here to conclude the conversation that we have had today? Maybe it's a message you want to leave the people with or something you wanted to say I did not ask you. Please go ahead and do that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a recap of what I would have said. It is that, listen, no matter where you find yourself, always believe in yourself. Believe that you can do all things and that you have the strength to be able to do it. And no matter how weak you become at times, that you can do it, that you can do it. Therein lies within you the strength to be able to do it. And, and sometimes it's important to receive strength from the outside, but the greatest strength comes from within. And I beg you to just pull from within you some inner strength and uh, build your self-confidence, build your self-reliance, build your self-dependence, and, and, and it'll work. It'll work for you. Don't expect things to happen for you overnight and, and, and happen all of a sudden. But if you keep trying, if you keep pushing, if you keep working at it, eventually it will happen. Things take time, but they work. They will work out one way or the other. And, and also remember that not everything is for you. And so you must seek from the higher power, the knowledge as to what direction you ought to head in. And once you have that confidence that this is the direction I need to head in. Go after it very aggressively and give it all that you have uh, because survival is a must. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. That is very powerful. Thank, thank you so much, Mike. It has been a pleasure talking with you. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It has certainly been a pleasure speaking with you as well. And to share in this moment of uh, just getting to know one another. I want to send out a plea to everyone that will hear this cast to come to the Bahamas, because certainly it's better in the Bahamas. When I travel, I take now the uh, statement that Dr. Miles Monroe used to take with him, that God visits every place else but he lives in the Bahamas. And so I encourage you to come to the place where God lives. It's a beautiful place. Uh, make sure when you come here, your bags are packed because you may not want to go back. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I love that, brother. I love it's that. It's a pleasure uh, speaking with you. And I look forward to another opportunity where we can share like this. And uh, from the African diaspora, uh, encourage one another. Uh, we are scattered all across the world. 
uh, in the UK, in uh, France, in Italy, in Spain, in Germany. We are in the US of A. We go in the Caribbean. Uh, and so we are making a mark wherever we are. It has been a challenge for us to get to this point, but we are here and we are here to stay. And so again, I encourage you to continue doing what you are doing and to keep up a, the work, keep up the work that you are doing uh, in galvanizing people of color from different uh, corners of the world and bringing us together through this means. And I think it's a great work. I'm excited uh, of this work for you uh, and for the task that you have set ahead. And I declare a blessing upon you that this work will continue to grow and that you will see uh, that your work is not going in vain and that you will be encouraged to continue this work in the face of the moments of difficulties in the face of the moments of discouragement. And I declare today that your family will be well and that the grace and peace and guidance that is needed to cover you and to protect your family will continue to stay with you. And that every step that you take, every move that you make will be covered by grace and protection and that you will continue to smile all the way through. Blessings be upon you and your family and the work that you do. And continue to smile uh, because it is through your smile that others will come through Christ. And I'm not just speaking about a physical smile. I'm speaking about a smile that causes you to wake up every day to do what you do. Others will see it and they will want to come and galvanize and get to know who you are and to know the work that you do. Again, I'm humbled. I'm great, grateful for this. And please continue to do this great work. Thank you so much. And may your, may your day be blessed too. May all the work that of your hands be blessed. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Blessing. Let's stay connected. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead everyone for Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.